Welcome back to Historical Homos, the world's only no-fucks-given guide to queer history. I'm your resident, overeducated queen, Bash, here with my straight and illiterate sister, Lucy. Say hi, Lucy. Hello, brother! That's enough. Now, this week we've got an incredibly fun little snippet of queer lore to explore. It is, as you all know, the year of the rabbit in China and everywhere else that they own, which means everywhere. And it just so happens that in Chinese folk religion, Taoist religion, there is a literal god associated with Chinese history, rabbits, and gay. Ladies and queers, allow me to introduce you to Tu Ar Shen, a little-known but highly demanded god who reigns supreme over male-on-male love, sex, and relationships. Tu Ar Shen literally means rabbit god in Chinese, and as we shall soon see, this association with our furry, horny friends is anything but accidental. I mean, I'm hard. In this year of the rabbit, let's figure out who Rabbit God is, what he wants, and how you can secure his good favor in what's left of the hopefully fun and cum-filled year. Mm. Now come on in, because the water is what? Human temperature. H-O-M-O! So let's go back in time and take another rewrite through our history. Celebrate ourselves tonight and cover all the things that still a mystery. Cause if you think you know you don't know around the world, we go, 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 go. Time to blow oh, 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 your mind with historical homos. Historical homos. Historical homos. What do you know about China? China. 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 It's big. Yeah. Um, I have a friend who's from China. Her name's Zhuar Wong. Love you, Zhuar. Mm-hmm. Big up. Shout out to Zhuar. Shout out. So I went to China. Um, it was amazing. And I went there as a people-to-people student ambassador. Now, this is a program <laughs> instituted by President Dwight D. Eisenhower, one of my faves. And Who? <laughs> really no, oh okay well you have to check honestly with you. it's yeah it's um so this is a so this is a um this is a program that was instituted i think like when communism was happening and it was a way of making like bring creating ties between americans and the communist chinese and communist russian so soviets like whatever propaganda um, but also friendship. No, it was like they sent people, they sent kids over to make friends with other kids over there. And the idea was that it would like create national ties. Um, but really everyone just saw how great America is. America, fuck yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, also that. <laughs> anyway. Anyway, um, so we do have a very cool episode today. So let's get right into it. Oh no, we have to do our sacrifice. Oh, of course. We have to do our sacrifice. We, don't, we begin every episode with a sacrifice. It's very important to us. So th- we'll put this in. I think we got this in Paris together, this giant Apollo head vase. I don't remember that. Okay. <laughs> what are you going to sacrifice? Um, I am going to sacrifice the dog that we share. That's so funny. I'm sacrificing the dog. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking about that too. Um, 
This is her disgusting leash that I got off of Amazon. Um, that also includes this little, you want to do some ASMR? Um, little, what is this called? What would this be called? What word? Gift word? QR code. I know that part. Dog tag. Medal dog tag. Thank you. <laughs> dog tag. <laughs> um, it, it does have a QR code on it. And on the other side, it says, call my family, scan QR. We never set that up. So this dog could have just gone anywhere. And yep. So bye. Okay. Uh, I'll be sacrificing <laughs> something that I got on a trip to Italy, which is a pack of condoms uh, that has some sort of numbing gel on it, which delays <laughs> the man's pleasure from achieving. So uh, it actually says just retard on the, on the box. It just says retard. I don't know if you can get rid of that. And then on the back it says retard delay. <laughs> it printed in sort of... Uh, That's kind of redundant, don't you think? Um Oh, yeah, that's funny to make fun of mentally challenged people. As one myself, I'm allowed to. So, yep, that's what I'm sacrificing, one of those. We're going to get in trouble for saying the R word. We talk about everything. Yeah. So let's begin the podcast now. Act one, homosexuality, a not-so-ancient Chinese secret. Now, what I mean to say by that is it's not so secret. <laughs> because, in fact, homosexuality was alive and well in ancient China in in, in all of the dynasties. So in the Han dynasty, which was the, one of the first ones from the 200 BCs, BCs, the from the 200s BCs to the 200s ADs. God, we're like switching roles. Yeah, I know. Breathe. I'm completely out Fucking of it. Idiot. Sorry. In the Han dynasty, more emperors than not were said to have male favorites, which is just history speak for toxic fuckboys who live at court with you mm. and you promote them and blah, blah, blah. You're kind of my male favorite, actually. So you want to fuck me? No. Nope. <laughs> so you but do. I want to promote you <laughs> at court. <laughs> I would love to be promoted at court. So anyway, Emperor Ai of Han <laughs> was one of the first of these. Or no, he, he wasn't one of the first, actually. He was, he was well into, I think he was around 6 BC that he started reigning or that he died. Yeah, that seems correct. Yeah, that seems, <laughs> that seems right. Yeah. Temperature check with Lucy. <laughs> um, he elevated his favorite and lover... Dongxian to never before seen heights of social status and political power. They also were responsible for inventing this this phrase that sort of euphemistically that is used euphemistically to refer to male homosexuality in China for like the next 200 years and it is called the passion of the cut sleeve. That sounds really hot but also cutting trigger warning. Um, yeah. <laughs> so it's not about that in it's any not. way. Okay. Well, I thought the, it would be like a Romeo and Romeo and Romeo situation. Oh, where you I see. Like kill yourself because of your. Would you like to hear the story? I guess that would be a good part to start with. <laughs> <laughs> so the emperor and his dong <laughs> were snuggling one day in the imperial, I assume. California king and eventually the emperor has to wake up and do some motherfucking emperoring now Dong is still asleep on his majesty's royal robe so instead of telling the gorgeous twonk to get the fuck up emperor I calls for the imperial scissor cutter boy <laughs> legal name legal title <laughs> <laughs> to cut the sleeve off of his robe so that he can just slip it. I don't really understand how the, how this makes sense, but he cuts the sleeve <laughs> off his robe so that he can... Oh, I guess the sleeves were so long 
So it's like kimono style robe. Oh, okay. So so Dong is just sleeping on an armless, a non-arm holding sleeve, and oh, he can't take his and, pole. And Emperor Ai's arm is safe. It's of not cut it's off. Not being it's cut. not. It's fine. And um, Imperial Scissor Cutter Boy comes over <laughs> and turn and cuts the cuts just the cuts the sleeve off, the sleeve off. Okay, so that I so can slip out most serenely and Dong can continue snoozing and then wake up and start schmoozing. So anyway, Dong actually ended up having a, a pretty pretty terrible time uh, after <laughs> Emperor I died and then he had no protector at court and then everyone everyone in his family died. <laughs> everyone. Were they killed or was they were murdered to fuck. Why? Because he was gay or just because he no, was No, because Dong no. He was powerful. No. I think Dong probably wasn't gay actually. He was just using his gay to be with Emperor Gay Gay Emperor I. <laughs> right. I um, of I of Dong. I of Dong. Okay, the reason I'm, okay. I of Dong, I of Newt. I, I do remember um this story? <laughs> well, partially, not this part of the story. From when mother used to read us. Of course, brother. No, my, I went to school across the street from the Met, so when we had a humanities class, yes, I am Gossip Girl. You know you love me. XOXO. Um, when we had humanities class, we would go and like look at all the artifacts of different ancient cultures, mm. um, which is why I know a smidge about what you're sure. talking about sure. at any given point. Um, sure. Yeah. So it was, but I just remember like talking about the Han Dynasty, the Kin... Chin. chin, I'm pretty sure that QI is chin. Q. Okay, chin. that one. There's the Chin Dynasty in the beginning, and then the Ching Song Dynasty. dynasty. Song Dynasty. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I remember. I was going to test you later on this, actually. Well, now you don't have to because I read what's the bef- outline. What's before the Song Dynasty? The ballad. <laughs> Let me just Google it. I'm. Pre- I think it's the Tang Dynasty. Oh, I forgot about the Tang Dynasty. What? Oh yeah, you always do, <laughs> don't you? What's Shanghai before the Tang. Song Dynasty? The mom got me a beautiful Shanghai Tang velvet something outer coat. Yeah, the Tang Dynasty is before it. And what's before that one, Bash? Without googling it. Got him. No, I think it is. It's like the period of the Four Kingdoms or something like that. Okay, Google it. If you're fucking right, this is so... I just... I don't... Because there was much turmoil, Lucy, <laughs> before the Tang Dynasty. Well, of course, before dynasties. Dynasties saved everything, I've always thought. It saved the people in Texas that one time. Remember that show, Dynasty? Oh, the five dynasties. The mm. later Tang. Oh, no. Okay. So there was... Oh, there was the period of the three kingdoms. Yeah, so I was kind of right. Um, and oh, then... Okay, we don't have time for this. Yeah. Uh, we don't know is the is the point. Now, that all happened with Emperor Ai and his Dong Dong in like the in the beginning of the AD era, right? Okay, so two thousand years ago. Got it. Okay. And then fast forward a millennium and change, and people are still talking about the passion of the cut sleeve, but they have also developed a few new words and expressions to refer to their homos, including one phrase, the bitten peach. Oh, yeah, I've heard about that. (laughs) (laughs) The pillow tree, which is kind of my favorite. And and I think the bitten peach comes from, it was a story of this, uh, these two guys that were in love. And one of them gave the other one this really good peach. Uh, That would get me in bed, honestly. And the pillow tree is like 
the one of the lovers like fell asleep under the tree and then died there or something and then that sounds they're actually really beautiful lyrical stories but, but anyway wait, the, the peach yeah, one how can i help the the reason i said i know about the peach one is remember i went on a date with that guy and i texted you and i was like hey is the peach in like china something gay and you were like yeah i think so but I was just trying to see if he was wrong. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So anyway, there is there also by this time. So now we fast forward to like the 1600s, 1700s and more derogatorily, the word for gay boy is rabbit or two Z. I two Z, I think is how you say it. So that's sort of the connection to rabbits for today. Now, we also know, and let me just. No, oh, you go ahead. Let me just you stop go. here and say I think that it is a phenomenal idea. Because while I love the word faggot, I think it's kind of run its course. Do you know what I mean? No. I think that rabbit has the same kind of uh, syllabic rhythm, you know? So it would be like, wow, look at how that rabbit is slaying the house boots down. Mm. Or, or get on your knees, rabbit. That's hot. Or like. <laughs> You fucking disgusting rabbit or something like you devil loving rabbit. <laughs> so this is at your well, at the picket lines at your Christian rally. Yeah, you need something. God hates rabbits. His what? His silly rabbit. His silly rabbit. Yes. Is that what he calls you? No. The um the other evidence that we have for homosexuality in this later like 1600s, 1500s period comes from European travelers who went to China and sort of got there and they were like. Hmm, everyone's doing sodomy. It's gross because obviously Europeans were Christian by this point, Ugh, and they so they everything. sucked. So there was one of them um, named Galeote Pereira. Love him. Great pronunciation. Great, great. And he noted he was a Portuguese explorer, and he noted in his letters back home that quote the greatest fault we do find is sodomy, a vice very common. <laughs> you went to tr- you went to an entirely new land, and the worst thing you found was sodomy. Like. <laughs> The other thing about homosexuality in this period in China is that China, 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 is that it was not uniform. The the attitudes to it were not uniform all over the giant nation that is China. Okay. So some systems of homosexuality were more formal and formalized, including in one province in the south east, I believe called Fujian province, which is just opposite the island of Taiwan. And in this province, male homosexual relationships were not only tolerated, but actively celebrated. So they kind of... like that. Yeah. So it's like Fire Island. Yeah. I guess, yeah. It's not an island. Yeah, but... So this system of, of homosexuality was kind of like in ancient Greece, when there was an older guy and a younger guy. Um... Nice. <laughs> and, and but it was very formal. It was you, you there was a whole code of etiquette. I mean, just as there was in ancient Greece, there's a whole code of etiquette that went with it. And we know a lot about it because one of the great playwrights of the um do you know which dynasty was we were in in the sixteen hundreds in China? Oh boy the boy, Qin, before Qin? the Qing dynasty. The Qing, oh, the Qing, Qing Dynasty. King? Qing? I don't Qing, know. No, I think it's Qing. I think it's Qing Dynasty. Zhuar which is the you. last, that's the last dynasty of Imperial China before oh, communism. Tang? 
Hi Han song. Okay, it was the Ming Dynasty. Oh, well, so, I think that we haven't even talked about that one yet. Yeah, that's why I asked you. I was testing you. Oh, okay. So thought... Li Yu was one of the greatest playwrights of the Ming Dynasty. He lived from 1611 to 1680. And he t- writes about the practice of bond brotherhood. That's what it's called in Chinese, a.k.a. gay marriage, in Fujian province. So he talks about how there's an older man who's called the Qi Xiong, who's the elder bond brother. And then he courts a younger man called the Qi Di, the younger brother. And then if the younger brother, younger Bond brothers, it's weird that they're called brothers. <laughs> they're the brothers throwing <laughs> the, me the and step brother Pornhub. Like, so uh, familydick.com is all over this. So if the younger brother's family agrees, then the older one pays a sort of bride price to take him into the older one's household. Um, and an interesting thing that Lee Yu tells us is that virgins, younger, the younger ones, the virgins, uh, fetched higher prices. As, as they should. Well, yeah. As they should. Virgin, virgins are higher class citizens than everyone, but, and that's why, <laughs> that's why in ancient Greece, no, Rome, maybe both, don't know. Um, they were the virgins watched the, the Vestal virgins, the Vestal virgins, and they watched what? It, what is that called? The, the sacred fire of Rome. That. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know that from watching Domina. No, I knew that from reading in humanities class in ninth grade and seeing um, Vestal lie. virgins. Don't lie. About I saw that. Vestal you virgins. You fucking know it from Domina, where she works. She hates the Vestal virgin. I've never heard of <laughs> Domina. <laughs> I've never. I've I never seen that book. I don't know what you're talking about. That's supposed to be her. So this was like a real marriage ceremony. They, when they eventually agreed on this after, you know, they figured out the contract for the virgin's price. And Li Yu writes, they do not skip the three cups of tea or the six wedding rituals. It is just like a proper marriage with a formal wedding. So this is something I don't know a lot about, but in um, Asian weddings, there's often a tea ceremony. um, And that's sort of, it's all about honoring the uh, parents, I think. And the the bride and groom do all of these rituals. So Oh yeah, wasn't that in Crazy Rich Asians? Yeah, they have a tea ceremony. God, that guy was so fucking hot. He is. I forget his name. He truly is. Now these use, now, (laughs) now. Now, Listen here now. These unions could last for a decade or two until both men were eventually expected to take wives and procreate. Boring. Um, I don't want that. It's unclear, as in Greece, if the relationships were always sexual, but the whole familydick.com age difference (laughs) and bride price and virginity thing doesn't exactly smell like roommates to me. And they were roommates. Oh my god, they were roommates. No, that smells like I want to be the first in that hole. Right. That boy's hole. And end of act one. (laughs) Act two, a god is born. Now, the hero of our episode, Tuar Shen, gay rabbit god, arose out of this absolutely fagocious culture of gay marriage in Fujian province in southern China during the Ming and Qing dynasties, of Uh course. Your favorite topic of conversation. And we know about all of this from a story that was recorded by a scholar official guy in the 18th century. It all started when a young man named Hu Tianbao, who is also an official and may have been a real dude, fell in love with a dashing new imperial official that came to his town in Fujian, in Fuzhou, the capital of Fujian province. Now, this new guy who's come to town is hot, he's educated, he's rich. And a virgin. He's basically me. And (laughs) had arrived in the province to root out corruption in government. 
Yes, I love that. I love doing that. He was known as an imperial censor. I'm using air quotes. Someone who's basically someone who comes in and tells people what they're doing wrong. Okay. Sodomy. In in the in the government. Yeah. And then that was one of the things they were doing wrong. But don't <laughs> Let get me it. show you how to do the sodomy. <laughs> Okay. They bend over. I got really excited. Don't get physical. Just Don't get guys, physical with me. I got me. too excited. So Hu Tianbao sees this newcomer and immediately falls head over heels, head over balls, you might say, <laughs> with him, and makes no secret of staring longingly at the object of his lust as he parades through the town. The imperial censor is like sitting in his little, you know, rickshaw or whatever it is, and is a bit confused by this unabashed gazing, but he has a job to do. He has to tell people to stop doing sodomy, so some smitten little rabbit isn't going to get in his way. Well, it just sounds like a woman walking down the street on any given day. She has to go about her life and basically just have constant men. Constant gazing. Yeah. No, me too. So why don't you continue the story of Hu Tianbao? We have, this is translated by a, a scholar named Nathaniel Hu. That I found this shit online. So thank you, Nathaniel. Oh, so this is not the passed down research, research, research that they had for no, Alexander th- the Great, which was just found. No, this is a primary source from the 18th century. Um, Safi, mommy's reading. Good girl. Thank you. I do have a praise kink. <laughs> okay. Not long afterward, the censor went to inspect another county. And who followed him? Who? <laughs> who? <laughs> knock, knock. Who's there? Surprise. Surprise who? Surprise, mother... Don't, you're going to confuse me already. Along the way, he secretly hid in a toilet to peek at his buttocks. The censor, more suspicious than ever, summoned him for questioning. At first, who remained silent? But after three strokes of cane, he confessed. Okay, you're steadily getting louder. Just, yep. The truth... Well, it's very exciting. The truth is, I was taken by His Excellency's good looks and could not get you out of my mind. I realize you are a heavenly cassia, out of bounds for common birds, but my heart already runs away. So without meaning to, I have behaved so improperly. Hearing this, the censor flew into a rage. He immediately ordered his subordinates to kill Hu Tanbao beneath a dead tree. Translated by Nathaniel Hu. Wait, is that the same Hu? No. <laughs> Hu Tianbao is not the same as Nathaniel Hu. Hu Tianbao, who lived 300 years ago, is not the same as Nathaniel Hu, who just translated this and put it on the internet. Okay, but like... Anyway, anyway, anyway. So basically, Hu Tianbao follows the, the hot official, stares at his butt in the locker room, and then goes and gets caught, and then gets summoned in for questioning. And then the the scholar, the official is like, what's going on? And Hu Tianbao is like, I'm obsessed with you. I'm sorry. And then... The official just has him beaten to death. Um, oh, sorry. I don't know why that made me laugh. No, it's hilarious. <laughs> it's pretty funny. It's hilarious. No, it's not funny. That, uh, it's awful. No, we don't agree with it. Uh, I mean... Can you just tell me what I'm if, supposed to think here? <laughs> if, this, if this is what would happen for staring... I mean, the way that I stare at people in the Equinox gym locker room, like, shamelessly. Well, I mean, you should probably be, like locked up or at least on some lightly sort of beaten. list Light, no light. not lightly beaten you'd like it too much <laughs> I just <laughs> not no degradation kink okay so they don't just kill him dead under a dead tree i always i thought the dead tree was a really weird um they... i mean that was hard for me at the end there what just oh, in saying terms of reading? they killed yeah. him I mean, reading's always hard for me learn to read with hooked on phonics but the way he he was ordered him to kill and be dead. I was just a lot of words. 
moving on. Uh, no, the, he immediately ordered his subordinates to kill Hu Tianbao beneath a dead tree. So they killed a person underneath a dead I know, tree. But when I hear kill and dead together, I want to say kill him dead under oh, a dead yeah, tree. Oh, yeah, sure, 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 sure. God. So they did kill him dead under this dead tree. <laughs> and he's literally savagely beaten to death. And actually, in the original source, they clarify that the real issue is not that Hu Tianbao is being a little rabbit. But that he <laughs> see it just it works. Really works. It really works. That, I was like, wait, what? Oh, good. <laughs> um, I'm learning Chinese on an app on my phone. So just for this episode, you, nope, you, just because. Oh, because you're so brave, noble, noble, and brave. So Hu Tianbao, the real crime was that Hu Tianbao was in love with this official who was of a higher rank. That was the reason that he got beaten to dead, fuck dead underneath the dead tree was well, because I, he was punching above his class okay but see that makes sense but also (laughs) (laughs) i'm just kidding that sounds awful so poor hu tianbao dies for his love but all is not lost because a month later he visits well he's dead so how does he visit he visits in a dream this village elder in the shape of a rabbit obviously keep up and he lets him know that things are actually pretty sweet in the afterlife uh, the gods of the underworld have given him this new job, and it, oh, there's a there's a ruler of the underworld in Chinese Hades. folk religion called King Yama, um, and they've determined that because Hu Tianbao, because his crime was rooted in love, that it was actually no crime at all, which is quite That's quite beautiful, poetic. And why is he in the underworld then? That sounds oh, because he died. If you recall in the story no, that we just read. No, I understand. But why was he? He wasn't sent to the above beautiful place. Oh, the I, afterlife think they, is I think it's only... all one. I think it's all one. Mm, I, I think like there's that. just afterlife. Yeah. I like that a lot. In recompense for being totally beaten to death underneath a dead tree, <laughs> the gods decide to appoint Hu Tianbao, the rabbit god, to our Shen, so that he can watch after the love affairs of men forevermore. Hu Tianbao... Hu Tianbao also casually tells the elder that he'll be needing a temple in order to do <laughs> this very important job of watching over male-on-male love. So everyone needs to get to step in and build it and fundraise them. Mm-hmm. Now, you might be asking, how do we know this obviously true story really took place? There was a scholar and official named Yuan Mei who lived in the 18th century, and he wrote this book called Zibu Yu, or Things That the Master Did Not Say, the master being Confucius. Because in China, Confucius is like, it's kind of like the Bible. For the, like, no, that that part I do know. Yeah, like ma- major, major philosophy that filters throughout the entire society, mm-hmm. like the concepts of filial piety. Okay, we don't need to go over any of this. No one asked. So, <laughs> Z- but Confucius, big guy. Yes. And then Yuan Mei. No, but this is important because Yuan Mei is kind of like a rock and roller scholar. And he writes. <laughs> Sorry, he the writes, idea of those two things together. He, he writes Zibu Yu, things the master Confucius did not say, because he's collecting all of these supernatural and folk tales okay. um, from all over China. And he's trying to sort of preserve Chinese folk culture in the 18th century through all of these social and oral histories that he's Ooh. writing down. So it's sort of like Chinese mythology. Yeah, like folk cool. mythology and tales and stuff like that. Yeah. So Yuan Mei Love. is. An, a very accomplished scholar, an imperial bureaucrat, but he retires early from these posts to go focus on painting and poetry, which is just... Oh, again, it's just like you. Chef's kiss. Uh, so 
and and then he's trying to broaden the scope of Chinese literature and history by including all of these and also including a lot of stories that are about love. Traditional Chinese philosophy doesn't talk about love and sex very openly. Um, so the story of Hu Tianbao is kind of not just because it's not really because it's gay love, but just because it's love in the first place is kind of like an anti-establishment mm. vibe in his in his project of collecting all of these folk tales. That's wonderful. Then that it's like it starts rather than like the highlight of it being that he's a they're rabbits. Um, yeah, the know, fact that, that it's, it's gay like, is it's not the big love. deal. I think. Yeah, yeah, that's, kind of, that's beautiful. It's interesting. Sorry for that big yawn. I just find you so dull. Um, <laughs> so the other thing that's so important to know about the 18th century, the Qing dynasty, dynasty, yes, good job, is that it is known for a lot of corruption, corruption. that there was <laughs> um, in the imperial, imperial bureaucracy. Galaxy. So there was financial corruption, there was all kinds of bureaucratic corruption. corruption, and then there was, of course, Holes. Sodomy. <laughs> <laughs> Not far. Moral corruption or perceived moral corruption. Mm. So in real life, a, an actual imperial official did come to Fujian province in 1765. This guy named Zhu Gui, who um, comes to comes to Fujian province to root out all of the corruption and try to get rid of some of these religious cults that are not really very uh, morally upright morally upstanding and one of them is they're called licentious cults and one of them is the cult of the rabbit god so you know what i mean when i say cult like just a group of people no so like in history when, when there's like a cult of a god it's like the worship of the god there's usually certain priests that specialize in that god there's a temple mm. there are worshipers you go to that god for a certain reason there's a whole cult of the god and that's probably where the word cult at like what it's become in modern sure. day, how, like the Charles Manson cult. Quite literally. Okay. <laughs> no, no, that's good to know. I like to know the history of words before. Yep. Thank you. So the cult of the rabbit god was apparently already established by 1765 when Zhu Gui gets there, um, but it becomes the target of his anti-corruption campaign, and he helps get this uh, piece of legislation passed called the Prohibition of Licentious Cults to shut down the rabbit god gay cult. Mm -hmm. And that effectively amounts to one of China's first ever laws explicitly targeting gay people and gay sex. Oh, wow. Okay. So we know about the... But Sorry, question. Yeah. So up until then, it was sort of, it was just like, yeah, this is cool. Well, we don't really know how long it was going on for, because um, the only evidence we have is from Yuan Mei and his, you know, folktale collection, yeah. and then this. Which um, is fact. Which is which is <laughs> standardized fact. So, and then we have this from Zhu Gui, which is a, an, a description of the cult statue that was in the mm. temple. So let's have you read that okay. now. And take, you mm. know, take your time. It says, the cult, Im <laughs> just had to preface with it says, um, <laughs> the cult image is of two men embracing one another. The face of one is somewhat hoary with age. Hoary, yeah. Hoary means like old and gray. Okay. Um, the more you know, kids. You're hoary. You're a different kind of hoary. Thanks, brother. <laughs> um, the other tender and pale. That sounds like me. Their temple <laughs> is commonly called the small official temple. <laughs> Sorry. 
all those debauched and shameless rascals who, on seeing youths or young men, desire to have illicit intercourse with them, pray for assistance from the plaster idol. Then they make plans to entice and obtain the objects of their desire. This is known as the secret assistance of Hua Tunbao. Hu Tianbao. Hu Tianbao. Okay. Afterwards, they smear the idol's mouth with pork intestine and sugar in thanks. I that sounds would like so that. fucking hot. I thought you would <gasps> like that. Yeah. Thanks for letting me read that, brother. Wow. Yeah. Oh, got it. So <laughs> that's how. So we know about the cult of the rabbit god from this text. That is basically Jugui's account of how he got rid of it by by passing this yeah. legislation that prohibited it. So the cult still tried to survive. Um, Ju has the plaster idol of the the old guy and the young guy. You know, this mm, is like the an hoary idol, guy. That, the hoary, the hoary the one and the tail, pale tender one. He has it apparently smashed to bits and thrown in the river. So the Remake cult... it. <laughs> do it again. <laughs> and so, then what? <laughs> so the cult is forced to go underground at that point, though we know it survives well into the 19th century because the Qing government kept uh, persecuting them. So it's a weird one because we only know about this cult from it being persecuted. So we don't really know what it was like from mm-hmm. the people who actually worshipped it. Because but like that's sort of a lot of gay history. You've like no, I mean, other than a lot of the time. Yeah, we have yeah. things from like law records and, you know, jail records and stuff like that, especially in the 19th century when like Oscar Wilde and go well and also in the 19th century in China. The, Euro- the European influence starts to get mm. larger and larger. So this happens in India too. The European moral codes, which are very homophobic, start to be imported. And then the Chinese, you know, Chinese and Indian culture, like yeah. they they start mimicking that. I guess also because they were colonizing. And, and that's, actu- that's actually why in China, there's still so much homophobia today. Um, even though it's changing and we'll talk about that in the last bit, but you know, people originally for most of Chinese history, like at least male homosexuality was just not an issue. Yeah. And everyone thinks lesbians are hot. Unless it was between rich people and poor people. And then it was disgusting. (laughs) You get beat under a dead tree. (laughs) Then you you get beat. Act three. Does anyone care? This is the part where we ask Lucy, if she cares about anything. But before we do that, let's let's just wrap it up because the cult of the rabbit god has in fact returned to us in modern times mm, yes. after being forced to run be go underground in the 19th century and presumably just fucking Fuck disappear. Oh. Um no. <laughs> they make a mold people. <laughs> so <laughs> why is that Italian? They make a mold, people. <laughs> you said there was European influence. <laughs> oh, sure. The fa- so the faggot god, the rabbit god, awakened in 2005 when a gay Taoist priest named Lu Wei Ming announced that he was opening a shrine in Taiwan for gay believers to come worship to our Shen, okay. the rabbit god. So this is really interesting, actually. Taiwan lies just off the – is an island, which you remember. Famously, I know that. Famously, an <laughs> island. Taiwan lies just off the coast of Fujian province, and there are these very strong ancestral and cultural ties between Taiwan and Fujian, where they did, you know, the male homosexual weddings and everything. Mm. So Taiwan has always had a much more progressive track record when it comes to LGBTQ plus issues, and some scholars think that it's possible that some of Tuar Shen's worshippers emigrated to Taiwan 
So Lu Wei Ming started this shrine in like 2005 or something. Um, I was just starting high school. Yeah. I wouldn't promote that. And the shrine is located in New Taipei, in, which I guess is a part of Taipei, the capital of Taiwan. And 9,000 pilgrims visit each year to pray to Tuar Shen to help them find partners. Can we go? I would love to go. I've actually heard Taiwan is amazing. Wait, that would be such a... And we can expense it (laughs) as a research project. It's a business expense. (laughs) expense. So, and then the other nice thing is that Lu Wei Ming has started performing gay love ceremonies, aka gay weddings, for um, (laughs) partners who want to, you know, affirm their commitment to one another. So just to read one of his... (laughs) Oh, yeah, this is my favorite thing. So... The the sort of Chinese like Taoist folk pagan religion, they have all these different gods and they all kind of like talk to each other in heaven and they do stuff for one another. So you have to go and you have to like stuff. You, no, you have to like favors for you. So oh, you go okay. and you make a sacrifice at the temple and then the god will like do something on your behalf. So oh, yeah, like what we did at the beginning of this. So yes, exactly. So Lu Wei Ming has he, he has all these funny quotes online about the rabbit god, and one of them is, "The rabbit god is an affable deity who is willing to assist his followers in every aspect of life. Since he works for Cheng Huang, the city <laughs> god, he has both the erudition and the social network in the spiritual world to solve any problem mortals have." <laughs> Of course, our rabbit god, our girly, is a fucking influencer in heaven. (laughs) Has that social network. Oh, the other thing that Lu Weiming says is that Hu Tianbao is rather self-abased, both because of the way he died and the somewhat belittling title of rabbit, which we, of course, know also meant faggot back in the day. So if you are willing to believe in him, he will be much more grateful and work harder than other gods. So it's like the little gay god is such a small deal like (laughs) he's such a tiny little he's like the beverly he's the leslie jordan of the spirit world another queen for satan's choir so it's like if you believe in him then he's gonna be like so grateful so grateful thank you so much i'll do anything for you okay so he's like every gay man who's seeking mommy's approval right right (laughs) if you you validate this gay (laughs) rabbit god he will do anything for you in heaven does he take on straights I thought, for some reason, I thought you were going to say, does he take credit cards? And <laughs> I really, I really think he does. Uh, that would have been funny. Um, but yeah, it's, it, it's, uh, it's interesting. Like Lu Wei Ming has this whole project to revive the worship of Tuar Shen because he says gay, queer Chinese people are very lonely. Um, and this was written further back in like the 2000s. So maybe this is not the same, but he says the queer experience in China is very lonely. Um, and so he wanted to start this cult so that Chinese, gay, ch- queer Chinese people would know that there are still many gods in the world who love and care for them. That's sweet. He sounds like a great guy. I know. Is Lu Wei Ming is just alive? like such a buddy. Uh, and then the other interesting thing about this is how you pray to the rabbit god. To So first of all, you're not supposed to call him rabbit because obviously belittling. <laughs> hey, faggot. <laughs> <laughs> Do something for me, faggot. So um, notice I didn't say it. I know you didn't. You're doing. You're doing better. Really hard. So because of that belittling rabbit word name, visitors to the temple are invited to pray to to Arshen and address him as Da Ye, which means master. And so you're like, master, can you do something for me? And there are many ways that you can communicate with him. My favorite is that you can write. 
names, addresses, birthdays, prayers, anything that you're trying to like protect or him. honor or yeah. Get, um, so you burn, you write it on little pieces of paper or money and then you burn it. And that sends the message to heaven. It's which a bit is, of a difference, a p- tiny piece of paper or money. Well, like, <laughs> little, like because it's a sacrifice. I know. You have to give like, something up. Does he not pay attention to the ones that are not burned on money? I think he probably likes the burn money a little bit more. I'll burn my credit card. Like any, <laughs> I'll burn mom's credit card. So it's funny because it's true. <laughs> so then the other thing is you can throw Jiao Bei, which are divination moon blocks. So they're little like half moons. Uh, mm. little blocks and that can sort of tell you if Daye if if rabbit is into you Not and rabbit. then my Master. favorite thing is that you can bring any item anything for to Arshen to bless and many pilgrims bring skincare products because they think that the blessing is going to give them more effective more beautiful poreless boyfriend getting quality skin I love that I know I was like can I bless my when we go we'll bring yeah. like a whole I mean, suitcase full of stuff. I'll probably have my grinder profile blessed. Yeah, of course. And you know how I have... And my plugs. Yeah, your crystal plugs. And you know how I have such an intense skincare routine because my skin is constantly glowing. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I would love to do that. I'd also maybe love to, um, you know, just get some other parts of me blessed. <laughs> I don't want to talk about them so publicly, but... Okay. Maybe my eye. Your ogre feet? My... I told you not to talk about that. <laughs> Rabbit God has also appeared on a Taiwanese uh, matchmaking show. Oh. Which is Did confusing he... because I, Isn't I guess he... is he a priest? He... Rabbit God? Wait. Go back. No, like like the Rabbit God has been incarnated. It has been, like a character playing the oh. Rabbit God is on a Taiwanese um, matchmaking show. I thought show, you meant apparently. the guy who talks about him a lot. No, Lu Wei Ming is the priest. So Lu Wei Ming is very specific, though, and I love this because it's exclusive. Um, very specific that uh, Tu Arshen is not the same as Yue Xialaoren, who is the matchmaker god. So okay. gay people should go to Tu Arshen. Um, and not go to Yue Xialao Ren um, or Yu Lao, which is his nickname, the god's nickname, because love affairs between men and women are the responsibility of Yu Lao. So Yu Lao will be very confused if gay people pray, and he'll probably say to himself, this is a direct quote from Lu Wei Ming, the prayer does not seem right. I'll match you with a woman instead. <laughs> <laughs> So you really, uh, for everyone listening, you know do not pray to you Lao if you are a gay man or lesbian. Uh, Tuar Shen also covers uh, the lesbians, queer people in general. And then the last thing I want to give a shout out to is that uh, there's this incredible short film about Tuar Shen, about Rabbit God, uh, directed by this queer, dire- queer director called Andrew Huang. And it's on YouTube. It's called Kiss of the Rabbit God. You can go mm. check it out. It's giving Gen Z. It's giving underworld influencer. Ooh. It's giving sex. It's giving jade and blood. It's just like, it's so gorgeously done. He's an incredibly beautiful uh, visual artist. So go check that out. And That sounds stunning. You know, all of this happened in, in the early 2000s. I, I looked up some stats about gay in china right now because i watched a video recently where they were asking people on the street in china about like gay people and they were mm-hmm. just like i'm just not into it i just don't <laughs> i just don't like it and just and plain like, don't agree with just it don't like it don't, don't like want it. it don't want to say it 
and it, so it was from just, like 2016 or something. I was like, Jesus Christ! Like it was everyone on the street. Well, but sounds like it's pretty much just the same as our country. Yeah, but I but people wouldn't be as like openly sort of like that's nasty. nasty. You know what I mean? I, I like, mean, why are you adding a southern accent to it? Because obviously it happens. In the I don't south. know. It just feels it just felt right. But actually. Uh, things are changing in China for mm. queer people because 67%, actually, to your point, 67% of Chinese people support gay marriage compared to 61% of Americans. So, so I yeah, was right. I guess it's not that different. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's all we have today. Lucy was right. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> so I think it's cool. And also, to, I found this other quote from an old article um, where to our Shen, like, really, me, people really find value in this like i said nine thousand pilgrims a year and there was this young doctor who was 25 in 2007 so i guess now he's dead in gay years but <laughs> he said um although i had a secular upbringing i still feel the need to seek out comfort in religious faith to know there is hope i can hold on to a true love that is not far off which i think is very sweet and so he said he was going to return to the shrine and give thanks to daye to the rabbit god if the dinner date after the gay parade that he had been to the previous Saturday developed into his much yearned for relationship. And if it didn't, he would burn the temple to the ground. Yeah. I wish we could check in with him. He, according to the article, he gave his name as Philippe (laughs) (laughs) because he didn't want people at work to know he was gay. Oh, wow. That's really telling. That's yeah. I was like, Like, so you went with Philippe. Philippe? (laughs) If we all focus a little bit more on the message of love that to our Shen represents, I think this year of the rabbit will bring all the world's gay is a little more fortune. Or at the very least, a nice pork intestine and sugar smeared dicking. That's so cool. I mean, I must say, it does sound like something I would do. I mean, also because pork into like the intestine, the casing is Mm. what you make of sausage. Mm. Mm. Oh, sausage, gay. Yeah, sausage is gay. Very. Sorry, sausage is so rabbit. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe it can be like that's hot, like a Paris Hilton, like that's rabbit. That's That's rabbit. rabbit. I think that's also So straight. what do you think? Do you care about Tuar Shen? Um, I do. As a straight person, have I convinced you to I care? think that was a really long journey. <laughs> I don't mean long that way. I meant like that was we went from long ago to very um, modern times and I think it was quite interesting. That's what I like to do. I like to be comprehensive. No, it was I mean, for me, someone who only understands where history, where I currently am yeah. today. And just barely. <laughs> Um, I did. I found that quite interesting. But do I care? That's the no. Real. <laughs> <laughs> okay, fine. Well, now we turn to our final segment before we say goodbye called A Straight Apology. It's a straight apology. Where we look at an ally. 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 A heterosexual who is actually worthy of the name. Because on this gay, lesbian, bi, trans, queer filled podcast, we recognize that straight representation does matter. Mm-hmm. Um, so Lucy, would you like to take it away with a straight apology? Yeah, I brought a really interesting. And that's person. all we have time for this week. Thank you so much. <laughs> Thanks for joining us. If you like what you hear, give us a little five star rating on Apple or Spotify. Five stars only, just like that. That's right. Oh, yeah, I'm fingering my dog's ear while I say this. It's really graphic, guys. And follow us at historical.homos on Instagram and historicalhomos on TikTok. Blah 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 blah. Love you. Bye. Mwah.